Welcome to a new episode of Mobile Mom Mindset Podcast. I am your host, Ask TPJ, the Purpose Doula. I am your resident truth teller, your mompreneur, your forever student, virtual coach, relationship builder, master manifester, and podcast host. Today, we are going to get into a super uh, great interview with a good friend of mine, Miss Blake. Uh, but before we get into that, we're going to do our current event for the day. And just so you guys know, it's still Corona time, and Miss Blink is in Texas. So we had to do our interview via technology. So bear with us on that. Um, but. Overall, it's a really, really good interview. I'm excited for you guys to jump into. Um, But today, our current event is um, Blue Ivy Carter. Little baby Blue Ivy Carter, she's not so little no more. Um, Baby girl received a Grammy nomination for the Brown Skin Girl um, music video. So shout out to her mom for putting her on the paperwork and, and featuring her on the song. You know, setting up that generational wealth. I see what you're doing there, Beyonce. Um, But the cool part about this story is that Blue Ivy Carter is now one of the youngest Grammy-nominated people in history um, since the Recording Academy acknowledged, you know, that she was a featured artist on this, this song and in this video for Brown Skin Girl, which was huge for the culture. Um, had all of the chocolate girls, you know, colorism is a huge thing in the United States. And so the chocolate girls got their just due. Um, so shout out to Beyonce for giving the chocolate girls their flowers and putting her daughter up on some major game like DJ Khaled does for his sons, making them executive producers um, on the albums that he puts out. So the great thing about Blue Ivy Carter, I'm getting this nomination is she is one of the youngest um, to do it. So she is one of the youngest Grammy nominees in history. And there's only uh, one person who was eight that was nominated and won for Album of the Year in 2000. Um, so we wish her all the best. She'll be, Of course, she'll be nine by the time the 2021 Grammys come on. But, you know, that is still a major major look for her to be nominated um at eight years old you know that makes me um here you know what that makes me here that's what that makes me here so shout out to you baby girl uh, we are proud of you uh, keep doing it for the culture okay there we go hey all right so i have someone here who is just super important to me, a very special lady in my life. Um, Her name is Ashley. We all know her and love her and call her Blink. Uh, Y'all not allowed to call her Blink unless she wants you to, but that's what I might call her throughout this interview. They can call me Miss Blink since I produce under that. (laughs) That's it right there. Y'all call her Miss Blink. Okay, uh, so I, I want you to take a moment and introduce yourself. Who is Miss Blink? Who are you, Ashley? What What do you do? 
Well, I'm Ashley Griffin, and oh boy, these days I am declining on being a jack of all trades and really focusing on three avenues, uh, making sure that I'm committed to philanthropy, making sure that the business goals that I have for myself align with my ethics and my, my morals, mm-hmm. and making sure that I am taking good care of myself mentally and physically. So there was a time where I was the queen of all hats, but not anymore. Yes. I also go by the name multifaceted ACG. Some people in other aspects of the world are aware of me in that regard. I was a content creator on YouTube for the greater part of a decade. I host a podcast called Multifaceted ACG Presents an Album a Day, where I am going through 30 years of Korean pop music discography group by group, <laughs> alphabet letter by alphabet letter. And uh, I've been an ambassador reporter for South Korea, as well as a multiple business owner. So pretty diverse lady, if I do say myself, and I produce music under the moniker Miss Blink. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell y'all something. She she, she kept that one real low key. <laughs> and when Shinora had like, pulled the rug from underneath you. like, And you were like dropping it online is the crazy thing, but you weren't saying anything about it. I had been producing, by the time Shanora got her hands on it, I had been producing music for four and a half years. And <laughs> the reason I didn't say anything about it is because everybody and their mom, I grew up in Detroit. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Detroit girl by, by being raised. I was born yeah. where I live now, which is Houston, Texas. But everybody and their mama in Detroit know somebody who make beats, who rap, who trying to sing and that wasn't what I wanted to do. I love music and I just wanted to make music for people to enjoy and it's turned into this thing. So so I was real low key about that. Uh, for real though, look, got the little check mark on Spotify, whatever. I said, okay, Miss Blink, you just out here and keeping whole secrets from the from the scene, huh? <laughs> That's what we doing. I mean, I, I enjoyed it because I would go places here in Houston and I would hear people playing the music and, you know, it's a, it blows your mind because yeah. you're just like, man, somebody just shazammed my song and yeah. then somebody will put two and two together and they're like, didn't you say your nickname was Blink? Have you ever heard of this artist? And I'm like, just scroll down on Spotify and look at the picture and tell me what you see. <laughs> tell me what you see. Oh, hilarious. Yeah, I sat there, you know, that meme where the guy's like, the aha face. Yes. <laughs> like, she played too much. I can't believe she out here. <laughs> Not gonna say nothing. Quietly, quietly out Super here. Super low key. On the Super low key. Keys, okay. I'm already loud about all the other stuff I was doing. The least I could do is be quiet and let the music speak for itself. Okay, well that's a word right there. I'm you know. Just <laughs> said it right there. That's it. Okay. My goodness. So you're still doing music. You're still doing production and everything, right? Okay. I am what still else doing. Do you do? Like, let me know you know where you are in the world with what you do wow um the most long-term thing i've done is business consultancy mm-hmm. i've worked with uh intentionally worked with small and mid-sized businesses i do have a couple of past and one current big scale client mm-hmm. um but i'm a researcher by heart i love digging for information and not necessarily playing devil's advocate but helping you find another angle at what it is you're trying to approach and it's pretty black and white for me to do so so i got into consulting when i lived in los angeles from 2009 to 2012 mm-hmm. and after that 
moving from LA to Houston, I had a business called the Ashley Griffin Group. We focused on assisting um, small businesses and getting themselves established with branding and, and understanding marketing. And we evolved into Stamp, which was helping little guys put their stamp on their industry. And when I moved from LA to Houston, I was in the midst of a crumbling marriage and a high amount of debt. Mm -hmm. I had only earned an associate's degree that I had earned by student loans and paying for it with cash advances. Okay. But I got it. <laughs> and I got here and I, I knew that there was another avenue I wanted to explore, but I couldn't afford to sustain the business. So I had one final client who is another childhood friend. And then I had, uh, dissolved that company. And then I set out on my own as a YouTube content creator. I ended up acquiring a manager through that and I was signed to a company that was managed by Disney for a while. So my checks literally had Mickey Mouse on them, which was amazing. <laughs> I had never seen anything like that before. And doing that, that allowed me to get further into public speaking, uh, marketing, video editing, social media, uh, project management, a lot of things I never imagined and yeah. particularly didn't imagine because it had nothing to do with my ethnicity. Okay. This was all focused on Korean stuff. <laughs> so um, it allowed me to do a lot of traveling, a lot of additional consultancy, and a lot of very creative uh, marketing projects with other companies. And by the time 2015 came, I, as multifaceted SCG, was a, a legit business. Mm -hmm. And we became a formal LLC in March of 2016. And suffice it to say, this past Monday, we had to finally close the doors on that five-year vision. Wow. So it was a little bittersweet, but uh, definitely an amazing wild ride that took me all over the United States and all over South Korea. <laughs> International, baby. Yeah, it was huge. <laughs> and it was beyond what I had anticipated it growing into. Mm -hmm. And I'm proud of that chapter of my life. I'm excited for the next one, but I can look back on that one and I feel like I failed. Absolutely, a hundred percent. And I, I think that that's probably one of the main reasons I wanted to interview you is because you are a serial entrepreneur like myself. You know what yes. I'm saying? And so, um, social media. If you don't understand the rules to social media, um, it's the highlight reel, and very rarely do you see people show their failures. Very rarely do you hear people talking about, I had to close down my business outside mm -hmm. of COVID. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. it's like a whole global pandemic for people to be honest about closing a business. And some people market or they take it as a, a mark of the, the scarlet letter, if you will. What? Your business? You closed your business? You closed it? What did you do? What didn't you do? I can't believe it. Mm. You know, but there are all these statistics that show that this is normal. This is normal. Most of the people that you see having successful businesses are 40 plus year old white men yep. Yep. who got to fail for. So honestly, you know, you having these opportunities and growing these businesses and shutting them down, you're ahead of the curve based on experience, you know, that you got before you even get to the 40 plus mark where they actually start to succeed. 
And I love the fact that you said failing forward. There's so many people who don't know what that is. They don't know what servant leadership is, nor do they know what failing forward is. Failure doesn't have to stagnate you. If you choose to, it should knock a little wind out of you if you really cared about what you were doing. But it shouldn't petrify you. You're going to have to make some moves. For sure, for sure. So I love that you are, you know, just as honest and, and transparent as I am. What made you say, you know what, okay, I think it's time to close this chapter out. Mm. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. The numbers were no longer adding up. There was so much sweat equity that was put into the business, getting its legs under itself. And at five years, if it's still not turning a consistent profit, you're investing in a high cost hobby. And a hobby don't need to have an LLC and monthly meetings and annual records and bank ledgers maintained. That don't need that. Mm -hmm. And I had the responsibility of a team that was almost 25 people. And by the time it was all said and done, we were less than a dozen. And you have people investing in your vision. Lo and behold, they have the space to do what they want to as well, but they're, they're invested in your vision and you can't turn a consistent profit. You can't keep making people stick around for that begging, negotiating and whatnot. And the industry that we served, which was predominantly uh, Korean entertainment, mm-hmm. most definitely focused on the music aspect of it. That's an industry that you need to be living within in order to dominate. And I came back to the United States after being gone for a little over two years. Mm-hmm. This uh, November 2019 is when I came back. And I thought I would be here for a while. I thought I was coming back to marrying a long-term on-again, off-again partner. That should tell you something right there when you say on-again, off-again. <laughs> you know, it's complicated. It's a complicated thing, but I thought I was marrying a, a, a committed person and settling myself here in the United States. And it's taken the course of a year for God to reveal that what I felt in my gut prior to coming back wasn't a part of what's planned for me and yeah. the business was never in the future visions mm-hmm. it never was so if I'm going to listen to what's being revealed to me and accept it at face value because I have a long history of forcing myself to fight against what's revealed to me yeah I don't want to do that anymore so if it's showing me in advance actually this is not going to make it past 2020 long before I ever knew a COVID was happening yeah. you need to get your ducks in a row because you're going to have to have nothing connected to you that associates partners and anything of that sort for the next phase there was a lot of things that numerically said it wasn't right spiritually said it was time to close it and physically implied that it's not going to be able to make the next phase of the journey so that's what I had to do take some serious time and think about it I mourned it but I never looked at my business as if it was my baby and a lot of entrepreneurs do oh it's my baby I'm gonna protect my It's not my baby. It's a living, breathing legal entity that I'm responsible for. And if I can't maintain the responsibility, I either need to sell it, close it, or merge it with another business that can do what I can't. So I had to be real with myself. And it it took it took six months and then it's six months to really wrap my head around it. Mm -hmm. And it took four months for the process to get the ball rolling and as much work as it was to sustain the business it was nothing to close it yeah it was the most simple steps to close it and I found that ironic because it was such a fight to keep it open yeah but the path to close it was easy 
Oh, wow. I mean, yep. you did some things there, you know, honestly. Yeah. You know, you, you talked about the numbers don't lie, which I love, you know, because we would keep something going because we love it or it's something that we're passionate about. Um, and, and sometimes it's really just a passion project. Um, it's something that you, like you said, you do because it's a hobby and you really have to differentiate whether or not you're doing it as a hobby to make a little money on the side mm -hmm. or, you know, this is something that I really should be uh, invested in and spending a lot of time in. And you know, when you get to talking about different employees and having interns and, you know, all these different people that answer to you, you got to make it make sense. Has to, you know, it, wasting it people's time. It has to make the only place I know where you can go and have people work under you for free and y'all not be making money is church. Because most of the churches don't be making money. Exactly. Pass through. You're like, you're taking all these offerings for a build. That's what made me say, okay, I don't want to build it. Y'all doing all of these offerings for a building and the bills to have a building. <laughs> Y'all ain't really making no money. I, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't like, I don't really like that. I don't really like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, surprisingly, I, I figured I would do it the opposite way. And it, they still don't show up. They still be baby. Oh. I mean, you gotta you gotta take into consideration the whole world got flipped on his neck, so nothing okay. that was normal is. Well, I'm okay because I don't, I don't have a mortgage. But Hello. You, know, <laughs> you don't show up if you want to. That's fine. I'm I'm going to heaven. How about you? It's fine. How about you, like <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, you ain't gonna catch me begging about no church building offer. I'm not doing that, you know, so. That's the only place that I know you can get away with it because mm -hmm. it's really not about the money. It's about your spiritual health. I mean, you kind of want it to be because who wouldn't be begging for offer? But it's not. It's not. Though. But it's not. It's not. though. So, you know, you, you said some things and I think that a lot of entrepreneurs are, they need to hear that. And then a lot of people who are successful business owners are remiss when they don't talk about the things that didn't go right. Or guess what, sometimes that does go right. Like uh, I have a class that I teach, I think I'm gonna convert it to digital, called the exit strategy. And mm -hmm. often people think that the exit strategy means you just gotta leave nine to five. You could work nine to five and still work your business. Trust, raise hand, I'm, I do it. And a lot of times you should do that. Do uh, it, absolutely, yeah. you don't have to anymore. Mm -hmm. Don't let your excitement get you caught up. <laughs> oh my gosh. So John works at a uh, multi-billion dollar media company and he has met some amazing people there that have grossed six figures in their business and still work because healthcare is a real life thing. Oh my gosh, and yes. When you have to pay all of the healthcare for yourself and your employees, that hits your bottom line hard. These are yes. things that people who have made it don't talk about. And so he was successful in his business, he left his job, and it took for, I wanna say one of his family members to get sick. Might have been his wife, I'm not sure, a wife or a child. It took for one of his family members to get sick and he just couldn't afford it. Now on the flip mm. side, it could be an employee whose family member's getting sick or an employee that's getting sick. And that could turn your business upside down. It could end it. It could exactly. flatline you. The debt. Yep. People don't think about that. And so he ended up coming back to work. I 
I think he just left again, but he worked for like years, years, maybe over a decade until. Oh my gosh! To get back to, to wow. yeah, so so that way he could just solely work on his business. It took him a minute, and he was just like, "I'm going to stay here until I absolutely have to go, until the workload is just so much that I can't do both." And I think that this is something that John and I talk often a lot about. Um, is there's a lot of capping that goes on in social media. Facts. You know, so everybody talks about how you make six figures. They don't say that they're scamming to make the six figures. You know, you see all the people talk, I, I made 10 million in this online course, but what you didn't though. And then you mm-hmm. lying. You lying to the people anyway. Lying, you didn't make it. We ain't seen a report. Everybody know how to access Canva, so you can Hello, make and, one. And uh, everybody has Wi-Fi too, so exactly. If you got a family member, you can get a discounted ticket anywhere and put your feet up at pretty water and take a picture. Cause especially now, take all the pictures you want for an eighty-nine dollar round trip to Guatemala. Exactly, and so. People, even in the church world, they look at the the clout. So you have to have a lot of likes or a lot of mm-hmm. follows in order to be considered uh, valuable, which is ludicrous to me because I bang with my small business. I know you was banging with yours. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. <laughs> and I don't, I don't have a blue check and I don't have a lot of, you know, followers like that, but you can do it. Um, and, and so I think that we're remiss because, like I said, the cap is happening. When these people are lying, they're not being authentic, they're scamming. I, I know plenty of scammers mm. um, that have 100,000 followers on Instagram. <laughs> and people are like, oh my gosh, they're amazing. Yep, they, they save. And but the numbers up. are limited. Like, I'm not going to act like there wasn't a time where I was breaking neck to get yeah. verified on For Twitter. Sure. It was Everybody a did. goal. What does it prove? What does that check mark do? If behind all of that, I ain't nothing. Nothing. Not Where's nothing. my mindset at? Are my behaviors matching what I'm putting online? If y'all see me with my hair looking a hot mess, it is what it is. It is what it is. You're getting me. <laughs> You're getting me. That's it. Authentic me. Um, and so you know, I I think it takes a level of bravery. I agree with um, and, that. You know, to to be as transparent as you are being, because to close down one business is painful. To close down two is absolutely a thing. But you know, that's something that we don't talk about. That's something that we're not very educated on. But every business you start should have an exit strategy. Period. It's supposed to. But most don't have a business plan. A lot of people get into a process. They do something. Somebody tell them, "Oh, you should sell that." They sell it. Now they're in business and don't even know it. Yep. So it, it happens often. And oh, yeah. if people took the steps of preparing themselves, that's they would perfect. see that's one of the things that's required of you in preparation, an exit strategy. It's necessary. Uh-huh. Yeah. Put on Instagram. No, as they should. It might keep a whole bunch of people from doing crazy stuff. <laughs> just, just go ahead and say it's a hobby that, make, that you make a little money with on the side. And it's fine. Yeah, and it's fine. It's fine, okay? Um, so, you know, yeah, there's, there's a lot of capping that's going on. John and I were talking about the finances of people. We got a lot of millennials who are out here with 
higher salaries than Gen, Gen Xers and the boom. And oh the my boom. goodness, yes. And yes. we got student loan debt up to Wazoo. That you know, I, I think you gotta sell some tea or some some little wraps or. Or in my case, a uh, trauma has to occur for you to get out of them debts. I would still be in student loan debt if it wasn't for the fact that my mother's passing had legal settlements involved. Wow. There was no way I was going to get out of that, that debt. Yeah. And I literally had to pay it with death money. Like, it's a scam. It's so much that's out here that's a scam. <laughs> oh, and that's just, you know, we'll talk about the industry, if you will. There's always this magic. I always tell people, that are enamored by all of the titles that I have. And I'm like, it's not real. It's not real. At all. I promise you. I don't care what title it is that you want to call me. It's not real. Hmm. Bishop, whoever, I can guarantee you they're a real regular person once they let you behind the veil. Absolutely. But they don't want you to uh, see that because then you lose the magic. You, you get to see their humanity. And, and that you guys consider that as a weakness. But why? Ain't that crazy? But, like, but why? We how do, you get to be human and I don't? How, thank, oh my God, thank you. <laughs> how is it that... I never understand that. You all of a sudden forget that I am a human being, which we all collectively agree on, regardless of religious paths or anything, is a flawed existence. Absolutely. But suddenly I'm in this role where I've been called upon to do something and now I'm supposed to lose my humanity? Look, because I didn't want to do this. I, I, Nobody I, wants to do it. <laughs> thug life. Thug life chose me. Wants to do it. It's an absolute calling. My calling is teaching. And it came off to me as pastorship. And I'm like, do you mean I have to be behind a pulpit? That's not what my that's not what my calling is in my behaviors and my testimony and in how I instruct and empower and motivate. That's how people get led to the path that they're supposed to be on in those ways of teaching. Teach with integrity, with yes. honesty, with transparency, yes. and don't belittle people for seeing anything different. And now suddenly. I can't have a flaw. I'm supposed to get on social media to impress who with my edges laid. Y'all better take this wrap hair. You lucky my hair done right now. <laughs> message. How about that? Get this message. Nobody chooses it. You didn't choose it, and it hounded you down. Trish. I was trying my best to run from it, you know. Breaking neck, but it got you anyway because you're a woman who believes in meeting a calling head on no matter how frustrating the process may be you're not like oh my hands is washed of this you'll delay if you feel like you can but you always stepped up to the plate i just be wanting to do the right thing <laughs> i just i just want to get to heaven <laughs> that's all i'm trying to do but here we are okay i'm just trying to get there <laughs> okay here we are I'm like lord this this harder than raising kids sometimes i swear what's happening oh man i commend you Cheese and crackers. <laughs> so, you know, I, I just think that it's 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 painful for sure. I've definitely had to close down a business and, and mourn it, you know. And it doesn't feel good at all. But you no. just gotta you gotta know. And then on the flip side, you know, because I, I, I was getting ready to shut cinnamon sugar down and then everybody was like, No, don't do it. Don't do it. You can do it. Just wait. And so I said, okay, I'll put it on pause. And so let me put it on pause. And I prayed about it. And 
that's when I went to school for aesthetics. Yes. Yet and another schooling. I couldn't, I'm telling you now, I could not believe when I looked up and saw you in school. I'm like, did she not just finish a degree three days ago? Nobody <laughs> can believe, but you, and that's one thing that I say, you know, I'm humble. I'm humble. I'm hardworking. Yes. I don't have a reputation, so I don't care where I go. I am picky sometimes, you know. Sometimes I'll be like, no. Selective, Lord. not I picky. Okay, okay, I'll Selective. Take that. <laughs> not there, Lord. I don't really want to go there, but I understand that I'm a relationship builder. You know, it doesn't matter wherever I go. At the end of the day, I'm going to teach and I'm going to build relationships. And mm -hmm. so I have to be around people in order to do that which means I have to be willing and able for him to send me wherever, whether I want to be there or not, whether I think I'm better than it or not, whether I am qualified for it or not, you know, it's all, my assignment is always the people. It's always the people. And so, you know, it just, it takes on a whole new life of its own when you, you realize, okay, you know what, this ain't about me. Period. It's never about, it, it's not about us period. We can have individual pursuits and things that are for us to enjoy. That's a part of the experience of life, but it's never about us solely. Ever, never, ever. Not ever, never. Ever, never, ever. And then just think, you know, if I didn't decide to keep going, I would, I mean, because I'm an advocate for people of color, you know, taking care of themselves and yes. that's usually not a luxury that we can afford because let's just face it it's a necessity but financially it's a luxury it's a luxury you it's know absolutely are struggling to figure out how you're gonna keep the lights on and whether or not you got money for rent you ain't really trying to spend 30 40 dollars on one item of skincare you're not trying to do that uh, you would love to but you just can't do it sometimes you know and i'm an advocate for that um, and so, you know, I'm grateful that I didn't close the doors when I wanted to, but sometimes it's necessary to close the door. So, you know, shout out to you for being brave and, mm -hmm. and using wisdom to do that and to be open about it. Thank you. Because more people need to hear that, you know, more people need to hear that. You know, uh, we're, we're closed down. People can't go outside. Celebrities can't make money because they can't do events. They scamming. A lot of them scamming if they didn't say their money. Yep. I just want to let y'all know that secret. A lot of them scamming. Mm -hmm. You see it in the news. They're getting IRS ain't playing. At all. You might not want to play with them. They're scamming and the IRS is coming after them. I just promise to you. This facade to say that they are living this lifestyle. When they could live this lifestyle, they were humble enough to work and do this. But everybody think they don't have to work. You don't want to lie to the IRS. You don't even want to halfway not know. I do tax preparation mm -hmm. to keep some extra cushion in my pocket because like the hustle never dies. Never. You don't want to play with the IRS about what you do know you have and what you think you might not know. You need to find a responsible person for it. At one point in my business, the IRS sent us a request for over three thousand dollars in taxes they said we didn't administer plus late fees Ooh. for i think 15 months of business Ooh. where we weren't even making money and when we got the letter yeah we had 10 days not business right 10 days yeah. to pay it 
if we couldn't speak to someone and justify yeah. why this even occurred. Yeah. You don't want to play, don't play. I have had to pay them on my own accord mm-hmm. once before. And then to see that on a business side, how much more drastic it is. Don't mm-hmm. lie to them. <laughs> don't, don't lie to them about nothing. <laughs> Please don't. Yes, girl. So shout out to you for being brave. Um, what new plans do you oh, have? Frozen. Right? I'm frozen probably. There we go. I see you. You hear me? Well, okay. There we go. Okay. So, what are the <laughs> new plans? What are we doing with ourselves now in the future? Well, <laughs> woo. Um, I told myself when we were freshmen at Cast Tech that I was gonna retire at fifty-five, and that sounded amazing mm-hmm. when it was, you know, forty-one years into the future. You feel me? Now that it's 20 years into the future, I'm like, ooh. Uh, but I don't want to back down on that challenge. So what's going on now, now that this business has closed, I'm in the final days of crowdfunding for a new venture I want to start. And I'm not going to reach the crowdfunding goal, but I want to create a line of scented candles and journals and uh, reed diffusers and things of that sort that are associated with music playlists. I have friends in the music industry who are curating these playlists to go with what these fragrances should should put you in the mindset for. And it's ambitious. I'm not quite the first person to put candles with a playlist, but the way that mine is set up is different because I got a shoe in in the industry. But now that things are changing in terms of the crowdfunding um, and my financial responsibilities, which I'm going to curve that into why I had to crowdfund. Because I didn't have to do this. I could have taken it out of savings. Yeah. But I wanted consumers invested in it in a different way versus purchasing from me. I want them to be a part of the behind the scenes of how it's been developing. And I've been chronicling it uh, online through YouTube and on Instagram. And now that I see it's not going to work the way that I envisioned, uh, I'm never a person who doesn't have plans a through f already sorted out i don't believe in being disappointed i believe in finding solutions (laughs) so i'm looking at other independent uh, distributors who are open to private label and or coordinating a line specifically for what i want to accomplish Mm -hmm. and instead of having a 24 7 online open shop we're going to release ours in series Mm-hmm. That way they can be pre-purchased. You know what the theme is for this. These particular journals and read diffusers and whatever, melts, whatever it'll be. This is for those who are trying to get into a focused flow. We have songs on here that are instrumentals or or edifying and whatnot. And you pick what you need to associate it with it. We associate it with yours and we send it off and we close it down for a few months to get ready for the next series that we're releasing. Okay. It, keeps me from having overhead because I don't intend on being in the United States. Um, and I'm not a crafter, so I don't make these. Yeah. The reason I could not have taken this out of my regular money is because um, less than a year from now, November of 2021, I'll be in Barcelona, Spain. It's been a lifelong dream of mine to, International Bay. Yes, to visit Spain and live there short term. So I'm going to live there for seven months. And while I'm there, I'm acquiring another certification mm-hmm. in teaching English as a foreign or secondary language. 
And that will keep me away until May of 2022. And then August of 2022, I am returning permanently to South Korea. That is where I need to be. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> Let me just tell you, when you told me you were coming back to the States, I was happy for selfish reasons. But <laughs> I was also like, but why though? But, but why though? Like, it didn't make sense on paper for me. It made sense to no one on paper. <laughs> and it didn't make sense to me. But I thought, I thought that I needed to do the conventional thing as if I have ever followed a conventional path. It took me 14 years to finish my bachelor's degree. It took me 13 years to reinstate myself in my sorority. It, nothing is ever conventional. Oh. It's taken this many years to finally say Spain is around the corner. Yeah. But I thought, oh, I'm so far from my family. We don't have a close relationship, but we're not estranged. But <laughs> yeah, we're not estranged, but we ain't like super glued up. And I'm like, let me go back and learn more about where I came from and get an understanding of that. Because I was starting to have never an identity crisis. I know who I am and whose I am. But it was rubbing me some kind of way that I'm like, you are hardcore invested in all this Korean stuff. And you are a Black American woman. When you going to get somewhere in Africa? Hmm? When are you going to start looking into that side of your existence? Hmm? What about this Hispanic side that you know is in the bloodline? Huh? So I came back and I started getting into stuff as far as I could with those who would allow me. Mm-hmm. And I started getting into things with that, that ex of mine where I really was trying to logically approach a relationship that this person was approaching in fear. They are just a fearful person, period, of everything. And I woke up one day and I was miserable as much as I have to be grateful for. And just, I mean, immediate, I can think of things and my eyes just well with tears because everything I've asked for has been provided, just not in the way I expected it. And I'm like, you know what? You trying to resist something that God put on you and you trying to make it work so that you can explain it to others. Wasn't nobody asking. Ashley, the only thing that everyone was saying was, I'm glad you're home, but like, I know you're not going to be here long when you're going back. And I'm like, no, I ain't going back. I'm going to be, I'm going back. August 2022. <laughs> okay, so I do have one question. Yes. Are you always into K-pop or like it just happened? How, how, did, you, how did that come about for you? I was never into it, had never paid any attention to it, had went to uh, Seoul House in Southfield to have food that I didn't know was Korean. I had no idea, and it was always around me my entire life, and I had no idea. When I lived in L.A., um, I lived in Koreatown my first year and a half out there, and I had a coworker named Jessica who was like, look, I know all of this is new to you. I'll help you learn about my culture through the food yeah. if you're willing to share yours. Mm-hmm. And when I got here, October 1st, uh, 2012, got to Houston, I got home that night to my grandmother's and, you know, life had just, it was broken. Life at that point was broken. I had lost my mother who was perfectly healthy mm-hmm. and died in a very unfortunate medical incident. And my marriage was violently crumbling. Mm -hmm. I had no degree. So that meant 
all these years I've been working since I was 14 so all these years of work history means nothing without that piece of paper and then I had to come to Houston a place I hadn't lived since I was five Mm -hmm. so I got here and I'm not a big TV watcher. I, I love music. And I went on to a website that no longer exists called Drama Fever, just for the heck of it. I don't even know, no, Hulu. That's what it was. I was on Hulu first. And I saw a show about this doctor who ended up getting sent back in time. And she met this man and he was a soldier and all this. And I kept listening. I'm like, this sounds like no language I've ever heard before. This is not Japanese. I know enough Japanese for it not to be that. What yeah. is this? found out it was Korean, found another show, found a person in that show who I thought was fine, found out he was a part of a music group, saw the videos, and that's what did it, because I danced, because I did theater, the theatrics of the music and whatnot, and me being a music head, I was married to a man who was a a music A&R, so it sucked me in, and then I started looking at the parallels of the culture compared to African-American culture and African culture, and they mingle quite a bit. Their hair is like ours. Their skin is like ours, mm-hmm. and I'm like, nope, I gotta go. I have to go, and I had, ne- I had never thought of anything Korea except North Korea being the hermit kingdom. I was trying to get to Spain, and Korea elbowed in like, nope, no, you need to come here. You need to, you need to be here, and you don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. The day that I got there, the first time in 2016, someone gifted me with the opportunity to go for four days. And I went, and I'm not a morning person. I can't stand daylight. That's why it's dark in here now. <laughs> I went, and I got up so that I could see the sun rise in that country. And I was listening to Hillsong's Oceans while I was walking along water. And I had it not been for the fact that I could control it, the Holy Ghost would have dunked me in that water, and I would have went on off into the ocean. <laughs> because I was so overwhelmed with it. And I'm like, I have to come back. I didn't know it would be a year later. I had no idea. And I got there, nothing about it felt foreign. When I got off the plane, people were sending me messages, welcome home. And it always did feel as such. Yeah. I'm not a photo taker or any of that. The videos and pictures that I shared over the two years I was gone on Facebook, I was unyieldingly unabashedly happy oh for something sure. i had never felt in life 10 years were depressing for me mm-hmm. early marriage was depressing for me the mm-hmm. time afterwards was depressing i had never felt that much in tune with my spirituality with wow. god with with the world and then i came back and i cried on the flight over and everything and i was okay until the tires hit Houston. Uh-huh. I was sad in the air, but when those tires literally, when it went skit, my whole attitude changed immediately. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's- I have to go back so that I can continue whatever it is I'm supposed you to have do. Over to. Here. Yep. I mean, just face it. I got to say it like that because we have to just face it. Okay. Most of us don't feel like we're home here. We don't really have roots. We don't know where we come from. Shout Nothing. out to, you know, now we have DNA tests where we can check our ancestry a little bit. And then you still have so many questions, you know, because records stop after so long due to slavery, blah, yes. blah, blah, you know. And so everybody that is African-American who, you know, you don't have Nigerian or Caribbean family members who can trace things back for you. Everybody's searching for home. Yep. And that's not always here. And it was just evident for you. Like, 
I saw, I was just like, yeah, I get it. Like, you know, I have a, A2 is into K-pop heavy. You know, she <laughs> has our names in Korean in her phone. Yep. She does her voicemail and she's saying all this. And I'm like, girl, don't text. I, listen, speak English. Um, can we, can, can you send me like Google translate? Mommy is literally helping a customer right now. I just want to answer your question quickly because you know, I'm that mom. I will stop my world. I don't care if we're in a meeting. I'm going to answer the phone and guess mm-hmm. who about to listen to a knock, knock joke. We all about to listen to this knock, knock joke because that's the mom that I am. I don't want them to ever feel like work is more important to them. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm just like, babe, English, please. I gotta go, like, give me something so I can give you something. But she is just, like, completely fascinated by it, and I love it because it it was just a natural progression for her. And it reminds me of you, and I'm just like, I know my baby gonna be wanting to move there, and I I gotta go. Like, I'm gonna have to pay for this, because I need a room so I can go check on her often, because you can't Absolutely. you know, out the country, and I I can't get to you. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even fathom it obviously I know I'm gonna have to let her do it at some point she's 12 now you know her and Amory for sure want to travel and I want that for them yes but I need to be able to get to you and you will be able to get to them you will the mama and me I I just (laughs) what (laughs) it made sense to everyone else that it was home for me but I know one of the things that's still on the list of what God is design for me was that I'm I'm supposed to be somebody's wife I did that once and was like nah I'm good I don't want to do it again and then eventually I came back around to it and I keep wanting it to be a black man because I love them so so very much I don't think that's what's gonna happen (laughs) and I didn't want to leave the country again alone you know it's not though Don't don't do me this way. As much as you know, I'm an advocate for black love. I think that two black people getting together is super political. Like it's yes, taught that you know we should. Mm-mm, mm-mm, yes, like, you know, everybody wants the black woman's body. Our black men, if it ain't foreign, it's boring. Blah blah blah. Like mm. so, it's always been a thing for me. I love to see. A black man and a black woman together it's a thing but yes i i see sometimes i'm like no i want to john's sister she's like is my husband black and i want to tell her no but i don't want to tell her no because i've already seen it he's totally not black it is it's a no it's a no for you it's a no for me and it that I'm not saying that bothers me not in the least bit because like I said I want to get to heaven it's just I will be wrap your mind around is all especially if you've had in your mind for so long I'm going to get married and it looks like this yeah I think that's probably what took me so long to get my mind wrapped around mothering because mm-hmm. I hadn't been mothered it took a village of just teachers and people to yes. see why I needed some love and nurture so I didn't think that it was capable for me but then it was just like eh can I do this? <laughs> me are you sure about that like I, because i had i don't like barbies no I, I didn't get into barbies until i had kids so i wasn't that girl who was playing with barbies making barbie and king get me i was the gi joe girl I was yes turtle spider-man batman where where's the super soaker i was that little girl so mutual <laughs> pink and all that stuff i i hated it because i didn't i was a tomboy 
<laughs> so, you know, I never rehearsed motherhood and wifedom. None of that was ever a part of my equation. It was always dominate the corporate. You know, I was going to be the president. Yes. Singer, a teacher. <laughs> okay. And I was going to write books. I was going to do all those things. I mean, you done knocked out a lot of that list, though. No, ain't that crazy? That's like, wild. <laughs> ain't that crazy? Because you're on your third book now or second? Third. Third. Yep. Yep. Cool. So um, I just, I never saw that for my life. And it was just so weird to have to wrap my mind around it once it was happening. Like, this, this is really happening. Yep. I kind of like this guy. I, I did not plan on liking this guy. Listen, I just told you, God, it's me and you. Okay, it was me and you, and then you gonna let me meet him in church, so that way I know. Oh man, God, you play too much. And see, I met my ex-husband in church, so there was a lot that you and and Shanora and uh, Carmen and a lot of other women were around the bend with me in where everyone in a moment in time in a circle that we desperately needed each other yeah i'm the only one who walked out of the circle for a moment where it wasn't salvaged yeah and it wasn't a chip on my shoulder or anything about that i was grateful that i knew i had done all i could do i had ushered in prayer warriors i had gone to therapy i had read every book i did all that i could before god was like let me get this off your hands because this wasn't right to begin with but the the biggest thing the biggest thing with that, I, I'm not seeking anything. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to maintain myself, yeah. trying to uphold myself at this time where at any given moment we get horrible Facebook messages that another friend is gone, yeah. that we get, you know, news that something ridiculous is happening. I wasn't unscathed this year. Yeah. I had COVID this year. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have any symptoms. Mm -hmm. And when I found out I had it, I didn't have any issues, which is horrifying because I'm a person who has a lot of health issues. How how in the world did I come out of it okay? But even with all of that, I just want to make sure to take care of myself as best as possible so that when the things that are for me comes, I'm not running from it or I'm not questioning it. expectation that's i'm I'm trying to get there (laughs) there's enough it's enough behind me of how i was doing it and you can't expect new things to occur if you're gonna take the same old behaviors that wasn't working that's real life you know you have to be real with yourself growth growth and i want it to grow and the only thing that's been growing is my head i see it is growing growing. it's so thick Girl, take forever to blow dry is ridiculous. Yes. But, but I want that growth. I want that. And you know when you say that. It's gonna happen. Every single facet of your life it happens. You know? Ugh. I was just talking to Prophet Cedric about this. And it's it's actually how I came to write about the Shunamite woman in my first book, The Rejuvenation mm-hmm. And he and I were talking about uh one of the universal laws of agreement. And so yeah the life happens to people right yes life happens but it's not solidified until you agree with it it's not a bad day until you say it's a bad day yep no there could be bad things happening in the day but it doesn't have to be bad exactly until you fix your mouth so you just fixed your mouth to agree with the growth and so it is manifesting 
and your hair, but your, your mindset as well and your spirit. And so it's going to be all these different facets, even your finances. And I love it. So just know that you, you, you agreed. I agree. You agreed on camera. <laughs> I agreed on camera. And, and, and ladies and gents and thems, whoever you are who sees this or yes. listens to this, this is a woman who has a history of finding me anywhere in the globe. Like, hey, I got a word for you. I'm like, nope. No, you don't. <laughs> but I, I mean, I've, I've always had, I've always had a support system of women around me of diverse yeah. mindsets. Not everybody is frou frou, girly girly. Some of them yeah. is just much in the gutter butter as I am, <laughs> and keep it real about the fact that I'm holding you accountable because yeah. I love you, not because I want to see you fail and talk about you behind your back and jab at you to your face. Mm -hmm. I'm keeping you accountable because I love you and I want to see you thrive. It, so right. me saying that I was going to grow, now that she heard it, she going to be on me like white on rice. I'm gonna <laughs> sending you a text message with the eyeball emoji. So. Jesus. <laughs> Just know it's coming. Oh boy. It's good though. So okay, I, I do have, I have to ask you a question. I have to because we've covered the mobile Yes. We've covered the mindset section, but we haven't covered the mom section. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, we've talked about the divorce, talked about the businesses, we've talked about the clothing, talked about the new goals. What does your future look like when it comes to motherhood? Is that something that you are interested in? Motherhood has never been an aspiration of mine. I will take the word never out. It was a moment in time as a married woman where I thought I would, mm -hmm. but it's never been a deep longing desire. If anything, I want a puppy so badly. Listen, <laughs> get puppy, get the puppy. I Let's want a puppy. I'm telling you. Yes, but I love being the, the auntie. And I know a lot of women, especially with me being in the South, um, <laughs> get deeply offended. Yes. Yeah, they get deeply you offended. Say that, they want to say bless your heart. And everybody know what bless your heart means. And they Nothing do good. say it. Or they hit you with a why? It's it's a part of your purpose. It's, it's not a part of my purpose. It's not. You will be a good mother. How you know that? How do you how do you know that? Because you see me being kind and considerate with other people's children. It's because I respected their little people. Yeah. And that they have thoughts and feelings of their own. And I don't want any of the things that were repeated that I negatively saw in my childhood manifested on anybody else's children. But that's not why it deters me. It was never a part of the narrative that I ever saw for myself. Mm. Not ever. Um, I know some young ladies and little girls used to play house and, and pretend about their first, uh, their big wedding and, and plan all of that out and whatnot. My mind said I was going to have a passport and I was going to travel around and eat all these amazing foods and have a life partner with me. And we were going to serve the Lord everywhere we went. And it wasn't no baby in that. It wasn't no concrete location. That's goals. That is goals. You know? uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I, I tell people all the time, if you, if you guys follow me on social media, I'm an advocate for um, moms. I'm an advocate for women. I'm an advocate for whatever you want to do to with your body. Yes. You know, I will back you on that. I've always been that way. I probably will be that way to the day I die. Um, and so I, I hate to see people bother women, whether they, especially when they get married. I can, I'll yep. never forget um, John's sister. She had gotten engaged and 
she literally just gotten engaged and they were like so when are you guys gonna have babies i'm like dude can she do walk you down know if i can like you know, and that's another thing other <laughs> women who can't have babies and right. that's not something that i want to have to share with you because first of all it's rude it's a very invasive question mm-hmm. you know and so you're bothering my space with intrusive questions that are none of your business not an ounce of your business unfortunately for them i've made it my business to always interject i know you weren't talking to me but that's not your concern mind your wounds mind yours and the crazy thing is oftentimes people will wish things on you that they did or didn't do because misery loves company and i'm not having children is a bad thing but you know it's it's a thing and some people just think it's a natural progression and so you'll figure it out and then you can be financially unstable and you can struggle and you'll see how it feels and that's not like witchcraft to me that it's <laughs> not you, something i want to wish that on somebody like let me want kids let me talk to my partner and want kids or let me feel like this is something that i want to do um, let me be okay with wanting to adopt if that's a thing if yes. I can't produce it. But all of the outside talk and chatter is just that and it should stay that. And so I always advocate and I always admonish other women. I don't care if you're a mother or not. If you hear it, you have to shut it down because it, it just put it's almost like when you see a creepy guy cornering a girl and then you you might not even know her but you become her friend you ready we need to go to the bathroom yeah the bathroom it's it's one of those situations where it's just girl code 101 you never let a girl get cornered like that you know we we definitely have to stick together in that respect and so um i always back my my ladies who don't want to become moms and and as a teacher, uh, you're kind of a mom anyway. I got all kinds of babies all <laughs> over the world. Yes. That's enough. That's enough. And I'm proud of them in ways that are equivalent to some parents not all Mm -hmm. i'm excited about their accomplishments the little things that they tell me about and i'm talking about students who are between the ages of 10 to 45 (laughs) some of my students are older than me Mm -hmm. and it's just it's interesting on the the dating scene not that dating is ever fun when you are over a certain age it is oh it's awful but i'm exceptionally transparent very early on Mm -hmm. because i don't want you thinking and you're going to change my mind about parenthood yeah, yeah. later and it's even more difficult to be amongst women be amongst women who are parents who feel as if you being able to go and travel and things of that sort is a threat to them or women who are parents who are able to travel and they do these things that other women in that circle yeah. feel like that's a threat to them let people parent how they parent let people do the best that they can yeah and everybody parents differently everybody should parent differently every person who comes into the world is nothing like the other none of us are special first and foremost because if we all were no one would be but each person has individual needs that the person who is the parent or the guardian of that child Mm -hmm. is equipped to provide to some extent to some extent. To some extent, because it ain't always 100 provision. Some stuff is toxic. <laughs> These are facts. 
yeah but just let people let people parent and let them be who they are oh man listen that's a word right there that is a struggle that i had with my um mom thug lisa and yeah so, um, no contact for quite a while because you know dealing with you did mom. what you had to do that's not always a fun thing and so here i am parenting yep. five little ones trying to figure out how basically just do the opposite of what you saw growing up trisha okay mm. um, just do that because that's, that's halfway a step in the right direction <laughs> just, just halfway okay just, yes just the opposite and so it was a big ordeal once everyone else in the family started having grandkids now i don't say this with any disrespect because you know she's in my life again um but it was just you know my life experience and once all of the other aunts started becoming grandparents and they actually loved it and the grandkids were coming around and blah 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 she missed the grandkids and i'm like what hmm. huh? you know and so i was like but i want to see them and and you know i want to be the grandma to override and i'm like but you can't though you can't step I'm, in now i'm trying to do something different and you have to respect that yes you know you you have to or you can't be a part um, because this is my rule, you know, this is it. Um, so there we go. It's just one of those things sometimes. So I have to ask three questions. I ask every single person. <laughs> sure. What y'all know I'm, I'm an advocate for self-care. So I, I might sound like a broken record. I don't, I don't really care because I need to know, but what are you doing nice for Ashley? That's my way of asking. How are you? How are you managing your self-care? How am I managing my self-care? I meditate, I exercise, um, I do a lot of journaling, mm -hmm. and a lot of my music is an expression of whatever it is I'm, I'm going through, because sometimes words can't get it across. Yeah. So those are the things that I do. When it was pre-COVID, I would go get a little foot massage. I'll go get my nails done, but this, yeah. is a, this expense is about to diminish yeah. because i have to start tightening my savings for my, yeah. my nails. um but i would get my nails done and that would make me feel real good about myself because i would change the colors every two weeks pick but, a color yeah. i'm so glad we can pick a color right now no but no now these these are my nails albeit they're a little little long right now from growing out but They'll be nice and nude for the $28 price instead of the 110 that I spend on my nails. Because nails can get up there. They can get up there. And I mean, I, I valued it because it, it, was, it was calming. It was an opportunity for me to really just zone out. I go to a place that I've always felt safe in. When I left the country, I missed it. When I came back, it was the second place I went. Yeah. But at this point, more of my, my self-care is within the confines of my household and within trying to steady myself, right. navigating anxieties, navigating self-speak, the yeah. things that I sarcastically say to myself, which is just a defense mechanism. So you got to snap out of that. You better know this. Yeah. So I'm going to therapy. Oh, and I definitely do therapy. I am a hardcore advocate for therapy i am in therapy every friday and have been since the moment i got back in the country i do group therapy and then i do individual therapy and i'm a huge advocate for I it. Love it i tell everybody that saved yes guess what you can you do need a therapy. and therapy okay yes 
Um, as a pastor, I do a lot of counseling, and I still be like, guess what? You you go see a therapist. Go ahead, go ahead and clock out with me and go see a therapist, baby. Yes, yes. You can do both and still be saved. I promise you. And it's uh, why you think the people exist. God anointed them with the blessing to be able to do so. Come on now, don't be this way, people. Yeah, Stop yourselves in 2020. I'm just saying. Um, and then another question that I like to ask, I usually ask for mom advice. And for those who aren't moms, I ask for mogul advice. So what advice would you give to a mogul in the making? Advice that I would give to a mogul in the making, three concrete things. Three mm. concrete things. Listen. Number one, do not do something that you love. Because if you are the type who, when loving something, gets overly committed and loses yourself, you will lose yourself when the business is ready to close, be sold off, or merge. So don't do something you love. Do something that you respect, that you enjoy, but don't, don't love it. Ooh, do not love it. You said something right there. It's okay. the absolute truth. <laughs> Number two, find people smarter than you. You should not be the smartest one in the squad. If it's an individual, if you are a sole proprietor and you do your work on your own, you need to find some counselors or advisors or a smarter bank. Somebody need to be smarter than you because they're going to keep you open to revisiting what you're doing, finding new avenues yeah. to succeed. On your toes, okay? On your toes. And number three, your business needs to reflect your morals and ethics. I am big on philanthropy, and I don't think I have to be loud about it, yeah. but my business was also big about it as well. At the point of this conversation, I have a lending team on Kiva.org, and every month we are pouring into other small businesses and other nations ran by women specifically. Um, because paying it for it is, is not a, not an option in my world. I would not be anywhere that I am right now, not even a sliver of it, if it wasn't for the women and men and, and businesses and things that poured into me because they were paying it for it. Those three things will sustain you for every bump and bruise that you will experience. Um, listen, she dropped some major gems on y'all today. I want you to know that. And that's for free. So, that's the free 99 and i got a fee i'm still a consultant <laughs> you know we consultants we don't play about our fees like, uh, i still got a fee <laughs> i did the sweat equity i got yes. this you gonna pay me for what i know okay yes ma'am uh, <laughs> and then the last question that i have for you is um what book recommendation do you have Ooh, well, you already hit the nail on failing forward. That is, that is one that I definitely recommend. Another one, if it is uh, not already on your reading list for some of your audience, there is a book called Servant Leadership. And that book, I read it as a young woman and it, it it blew my mind where you are learning to lead in servitude. Yes. There's a lot of books about servant leadership, so I don't think you'll have any difficulty finding a specific one, mm -hmm. but uh, I read The Art of Servant Leadership, and that book... Life changing. It genuinely was. And we read it as college freshmen. And I'm like, why would you give me this? And that that's what shifted me. I knew about tithing. At the time I didn't do it, but I knew about tithing and I knew about volunteering your time in community yeah. service. I knew nothing about living your life mm -hmm. in servitude and anticipating that as an influence on on others. 
and it changed everything for me at 18 and I I adored that book so that would be one I would definitely recommend I'm totally here for it you know it was (laughs) God telling me I was a servant leader that led me to accept my call as pastor yes Um, because you know I I was like "Mm -hmm." Mm -hmm. no not this (laughs) it's a no for me respectfully (laughs) but um you know once he broke it down to me that I'm trying, basically, he's trying to turn the situation around, okay? I don't like what's happening right now either. I'm trying to make pastors not popular again, too. I'm trying to get it to where my pastors are telling the truth and, you know, not rock stars, okay? Yes. I know that you, I can trust you. That was the thing. The main thing is I can trust you. And so he said in so much, um, in my quiet time, basically, I am preparing you for this because number one i know i can trust you mm-hmm. but i know that if i place you in this position of leadership you will serve the people and that's what this position has always been meant for and that made me say oh, hmm. I, can do this. I can i can do this this isn't as horrible as it's you know, I mean, already serve the people you know i am the people's champ i fight for the people you yes. know like, okay i can do that i can do that um so you know i will definitely look at that book i am all about getting servant leader books um i'll definitely have the link for the book uh, both books in the comment section in the description section of the podcast and then finally where can the people find you on social media do you want to well, uh, I have a, a wonderful website called www.multifacetedacg. <laughs> That's M-U-L-T-I-F-A-C-E-T-E-D-A-C-G, where you are able to get some background from me. Uh, you can also get a link to my music there, as well as my Instagram and Twitter accounts. Both are called Multifaceted ACG. They are associated with some very particular content but i do talk about other things in advocacy as well and you can keep up with the progress on uh my eventual candle business through that name as well on youtube so it's pretty much everything is linked on that website that's your best bet of finding me because i'm all over in more than one way but those are the most suitable ways to find me <laughs> love it well you have been a blessing um, so I'll definitely make sure that I stick your information in the um, description box as well. Thank you so much for your time. It has been an honor and a privilege for me to interview today. Oh, I love our exchanges. And, you know, I'm going to be checking in on that growth, though. That growth, though. That part, I don't, I'm going to have to talk Korean to you like your child do. You <laughs> what Ashy and Ruler, what she said? What she say to me right now? What this one say? <laughs> No, I'm, I appreciate you reaching out to me and wanting to create space for people like myself and like you to share our stories. It needs to be more transparency out here in the scene so people know that it's not all magical bells and whistles. It's, it's a grind. It's a, it's a push. Sure. And it's going to take a lot out of you to get that money that you think social media say you're going to get. <laughs> and that, that on that. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into the Mobile Mom Mindset Podcast. If you like this episode, 
make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you really love this episode, I'd love for you to leave a review on iTunes or your platform of choice. For more beyond this podcast, including my blog, books, upcoming events, and other products and services, visit my website, www.asktbj.com. And for daily inspiration, including quotes, business strategy, and branding tips, be sure to follow me on Instagram at AskTPJ. Okay, bye!